This episode brought to you by Sleepy Time Disposable Ether Wipes. If you're like me, you hear all about these studies on the benefits of afternoon naps, but who has time in their busy schedule to carve out time for a nap? Well, the good people at Sleepy Time have you covered. With one swipe of Sleepy Time brand disposable ether wipes, you'll be off to Dozeland on the Snooze Express. Don't waste precious minutes of your power nap actually falling asleep. Let Sleepy Time Disposable Ether Wipes release you from consciousness faster than you can say Sleepy Time Disposable Ether Wipes. Go to sleepytime.onion and use code HMT at checkout to receive a free pack of Sleepy Time Disposable Ether Wipes for kids. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert on Scare-No-Nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Dr. Bryce Hansen. <laughs> and I'm, I'm the primary ex- expert on scare no-nos, <laughs> David Day. And special guest with us today is... Oh, I am Garrett Day. Garrett Day. Patri- am- Patreon member, brother... And fan of the show. And cur- lover, question mark? Oh. I'm currently in my PhD. Get that... Fu- this guy <laughs> in, in, does not follow instructions at all. He's pretty R-worded, because he just can't keep the mic next to his mouth. I just... It doesn't seem like I, my nose should be touching the... the it should. It should. pad thing. It definitely. Yeah, literally touch your nose to it. Okay. First off, just a couple plugs for ourselves before we get into the show. Please go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. It's very easy to remember. There you'll find links to our social media. Um, If you like the show, subscribe to us. We post on every Wednesday. And uh, check us out on iTunes. And if you have iTunes, please rate us. Yeah. Uh, But we're also on all podcast platforms. But we got a great show today. I am. I've we're never been so this excited. excited. I've we've, never been this we've excited. We've talked about this movie several times in the last episodes. Today, we'll be talking about Midsommar. I'm so excited for this episode for so many different reasons. We met a cult. We met, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the movie theater, we met a cult. The cult. Yeah. Wait a second, wait a second. You you haven't told me this. Oh, yeah. It's true. They they were there. They were the midsummer. Uh, they were all dressed up. They had the the wreaths of flowers on their head. Oh wow! They had they had a full social media presence as the cult, like with a including a spooky video. All of this will be included, by the way, in in uh, in our post, and also probably you've already if you're if you're following any of our social media, you've already seen some some clips of or pictures of them yeah it was yeah the whole first row of the theater was these people in white robes and flower crowns how do they find each other like that well Uh, actually what it was they were they're a like a cooking group yeah like a baking club or something it sounds like they kind of do special things and i think horror might be part of it yeah, but I'm not sure. It might have been it's just like a thing that, she wanted. Um, she wanted to see a horror movie and got everyone together to do a themed. It's like thing. that episode of IT Crowd where the German guy wanted to cook with Moss, but it wanted to cook with you. Yeah, as in eat you. Right. Oh, oh I thought you wanted to teach me how to cook. <laughs> how to cook for Millhouse. Right. 
how to cook for <laughs> how to cook 40 humans <laughs> for 40 oh. we'll we'll get into more about the cult um, at the end of the episode towards the end of the episode with uh, it came from social media probably if you're a newcomer to horror movie talk we start out giving a brief review and our score for the film we score on a scale of one to ten one being a miserable dredge that makes you angry five being completely average that hits all the expected marks but doesn't surprise you in any way and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries and should probably win an oscar but it won't because it's a horror movie Uh, after we give our score we'll go into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film so stick around and then later uh we we play a couple games do a couple bits um one will be taglines perennial favorite and the second game is the Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh, man, it's been We're a gonna while. We're going to pit brother against brother. Ooh. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, we'll probably cover a little bit of social media, but by that time, we'll probably be in, like, hour 40 territory. Dude, <laughs> we'll this probably is, just call it quits. This is going to be the longest pod ever. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the movie. We went and saw Midsummer. And it is the antidote. Antidote. <laughs> Getting duty over here. It is the antidote for the spooky house syndrome that I've talked about several times before. If there is a more idyllic horror movie, I don't know of it. That's very fair and accurate. It's a, such a strange. This is such a strange movie. It's going to be hard to dissect. Yeah. Here is the trailer for Midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. Oh, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through. Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Welcome and happy midsummer. Skull! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. (laughs) How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. (laughs) What do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? so guilty right now because you know we only do this every 90 years 
most excited for you to come. So Midsummer, sorry, let me set my levels. <laughs> so Midsummer is in theaters right now. Um, writer director Ari Aster has followed followed up his dark drama filled cult based horror movie with this bright drama based <laughs> cult based horror movie. Uh, Midsummer stars Florence Pugh, who plays Danny, an anxious young woman who experiences a horrible fan. A horrible family tragedy, and then accompanies her boyfriend uh, on. A, oh, sorry, her boyfriend, an anthropology doctoral student yeah. uh, named Christian, played by Jack Rayner, on a trip to Sweden to experience a traditional summer festival of a certain r- rural commune. Rural is like one of the hardest words to say. Yeah. You ever watch Thirty Rock? S- especially if you're R-worded, like you know. There's a joke in Thirty Rock where they're like, "I can't remember the name of the show." That Jenna gets on is rural. <laughs> <laughs> they find out it's the, the name of the show is called Rural Juror. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Christian and his friends Josh and Mark uh, were invited on the trip by their friend and classmate Pele, who not the soccer star but the uh, the Swedish Swede, the, Swedish man, the young Swede who grew up in the small Swedish commune. Unbeknownst to Danny, Christian has been planning to break up with her for a while, and unbeknownst to everyone but Pele, the once-in-a-lifetime Midsummer Festival is actually a vicious pagan ritual. Yeah. 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 A pagan cult ritual, I should say. Not that it matters. Midsummer was everything that I wanted it to be, and I had high expectations going into this movie. Yeah, I sure did, too. I I was, uh, like, I've never been amped for a movie quite quite like this. Yeah. It's a breath of fresh air in the horror genre, and like Hereditary, it takes a lot of concepts from older horror movies and melds them to create a new and compelling story for today. Um, it also kind of continues the momentum of uh, writer-director, um, auteur horror movies that are really good. And I guess, I mean, the only one I can think of is Jordan Peele, but Ari Aster, and I hope more like really good filmmakers start making horror movies yeah there there hasn't ever really been a person that i've cared about before like who makes movies i guess peter jackson like almost everything he does is good but then after uh after watching the hereditary and uh midsummer i go okay everything that this guy does i'm gonna go see yeah yeah I mean, after I watched Hereditary, I was like, who made this? And I was Mm -hmm. shocked that it was his first feature-length film. Yeah, so that makes this his basically his sophomore film. Right. And and he followed it up in two years, you know? So Hereditary came out... No, in one year. 17. Yeah. No, it came out in 2018, in almost... Almost the... the, Released the same exact time. I thought it was 17. No. Because um, because hereditary is what inspired us to do this podcast. Yeah, I think we saw it kind of late though. It well, might yeah. have been. It was released in like June of yeah. 2018. Um, no, it would have been before that. It would have been. Anyways, Ari Aster's strength is his focus on character and relationship drama, and the characters and relationships in this movie are very familiar and believable. They serve to ground the horror elements so that they seem very real. The bright and idyllic setting of the movie 
does a lot to mask and inoculate the viewer to the horrific rituals that occur in the festival. Also, the framing of the events as a rare and sacred cultural event, along with the generous drug usage, creates a logical reason for why the American characters are slow to react to the more extreme elements of the festival. It's a slow burn, and while there are horrific and surprising scenes, they are intentionally dampened with the oversaturated visuals and muted sound design. The tension and anxiety that I felt ramped up very slowly throughout the movie to where I didn't realize how much I was being affected. Towards the end, I was on the edge of my seat and had a lot of nervous energy watching the inevitable and dreadful fate of the American party. Yeah, I, um, boy, man, uh, this movie is not, this, this is not a normal horror movie. This is a different thing almost entirely. This movie is an experience more than it is a horror movie. Yeah. I, um, the one thing about, about any movie that I always, I always think about, and I'm like the only person I think, uh, I always say, ah, it could have been longer. Like Return of the King extended edition, 250 minutes. Could have been a little longer. <laughs> and wow, I'm the exact opposite. Oh man, I always want more. I always just like no, put put that extra ten minutes in there. Yeah. And uh, my, I was talking to my brother-in-law and my father-in-law uh, a couple weeks ago about Hereditary, and they're like, "Oh, it's so long and boring, blah." And in my mind, I'm like, "No, that's I want that. I just want more. Right. Spread it out. Give me more. Put more in there." And this this does a perfect, I think, a great job of that. Yeah, there's something to be said about giving things space to breathe. You know that to really have compelling moments, and especially with horror movies, um, they definitely need space to breathe to set up scares and dread. Um, that's kind of the whole point is the being on the edge of your seat. And uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't bored in this movie at all. Like, I, w- I wasn't checking my watch. Neither was I. I. I do think it. I do like. I can't stress this enough. I. If you go into this movie going, I'm going. I, I want to be scared, or if you have any preconceived notions about what this movie is, you're you're gonna have not a good, not as good of a time because this movie really is. I can't stress that enough. An experience. It's. It's going to take you on a ride that's very weird and intentional. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into the scores. I gave it a very, very high score of 9 out of 10. I don't think it stands alone as like a classic genre jumping movie, but it's so good. It's just like I can't think of anything that I could have done better. Yeah. I, for me, I'd say this is, I've, you know, so I've toyed with the nine. I think I have to go 10 on it because I've, I've never seen anything like this. It's so unique and it's so different from, it's so different from anything that I've ever seen. And it's so intentional that, and beautiful that. And strange. I, like, the, if you hear me just wax on and on about this, it's because I'm still working it out. This movie right. is so weird to me. Yeah. We're writing down the beats to hit when we talk about the movie. I just... There's, there's so, so much many. packed into it. There's just so so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I think maybe the fact that I didn't give it a 10 is that I still like Hereditary better. Yeah. Like, I think it, for whatever reason, that one was more impactful. This one was such a slow burn that I might not appreciate it enough. It's but a- like, like I said, I was like literally in the third act, I was sitting there and I just took a moment and realized like, wow, I'm really like feeling a lot of dread and a lot of anxiety right now. And I didn't even notice it. Yeah. It's such a subjective thing though. You know, everybody's experience is going to be different. What's your score for it, Garrett? At least, at least a nine. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to go eight on it. I don't know about 10, but sounds like you're landing on a nine. Yeah. Nine is it's like, like Bryce said, it's one of those things where it's like, you think about it and you go, well, there's not really, I, I read a bunch of other people's reviews on it and they go, they're just picking it apart just to, just to be, just to say, well, they wrote this character slightly and you're going, no, you're just, you're just being a, a nitpicky person. Like take it in as an experience and it's, and it's fantastic that everything about it was, was very well done. Yeah. It's weird being like <laughs> dubbing yourself a reviewer right you know for a podcast because you realize a, how subjective it is so douchey. like wow yeah like how j- to me it's like just a no-brainer this is a great film Fantastic. and then i hear other people say like uh it's the worst yeah it was so it was the boringest movie and other people who you know and respect mm-hmm. you know yeah other but like there are other podcasts that that have been like Meh. You know, the other podcasts that I listen to that are horror-themed, and they'll be like, Bleh. But then I just realize, then you just have to go, well, it's just like your opinion, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, well, before we get into spoilers, we're going to talk about ourselves a little more. Um, first, I want to give a pug for, plug. God damn it. <laughs> Having a rough day today, Bryce. I am. Are you rubber okay? baby bumper boogers, big boogers. <laughs> wow, okay. you, did, you messed got that it. up. I'm ready you now. Barely got rubber beginning. out. So the Patreon uh, for horror movie talk. I think we still just have one tier because we're too lazy to change it. Yeah. But it's going to change soon. Many different tiers. But one of the things we've been offering is um, after pods. If you just love listening to me and David drone on and can't get enough, well, there's more. If you join Patreon, um, we do this after pod. After we end the episode, we just leave the the mic's rolling and we talk we shoot the shit maybe not necessarily about horror stuff maybe about stuff going on in our lives other stuff we've watched um but we've gotten some feedback from our patrons that that actually like it and find it pretty compelling yeah all the people i've talked to have been like i really like it's almost more compelling than the than the horror movie podcast <laughs> it's something about just listening and this is uh, any other podcast it's something about just listening to other people about their lives right that give it you go, oh, yeah, everybody else is just some boner going through life like me. Yeah, it's, such a, it's so weird because I read podcast forums about things that people like and people hate about podcasts, and it's just two sides of the spectrum every time. Because right. I hear some people that just love hearing personal stories, yeah, and then I hear people just saying, like, I hate that they just talk about what went on in the week for 20 minutes before they get to what they're going to talk about. Right. I and so I'm cognizant of two types of people and i assume that a lot of people are here just to listen to people talk about horror movies yeah but if you like us as personalities i mean first of all what's wrong furry, with you? <laughs> first yeah first of all sorry I, I don't know what's going on in your in your life but um hopefully you get better um 
but also, if that's you, if you're diseased in your mind, you can become a patron and listen to great stories like this one. Here's a little clip from one of our after pods. And then Garrett's here, so he can even comment on this afterwards. <laughs> this, is, this is a great story from the, the famous story. from the realm of day. One week as a middle teenager, early middle teenager, uh, in the summer, my mom went to California. <laughs> you told me this my mom before. went to California, leaving three men, uh, young men, two, two young men and a man. Manchild, manchild, at the house, and my dad was in charge, and so uh, so it's the summer, and so he's like, "You guys um, gonna have to come to Winco with me. It's a grocery store, big Costco esque grocery store. You guys are gonna have to come to it with me because I don't know what you idiots eat. So let's go. So we get in the car, we go to Winco, and uh, we have a cart, and uh, we're pushing it, and nothing in the car. There's like a banana in the cart. One. And uh, and then we we're walking down the first aisle we get to and we see some Gatorade and my dad's like you guys like Gatorade and we're like yeah sure Gatorade's good and so he's like okay get your f- flavor get your favorite flavor and we're like I don't know blue or orange we put it in the cart he goes get get another get get more than that I'm like okay so we uh, so we put another one in and he's like kind of like looks at us real sly and he's like get more and so we're kind of like looking at each other like something's happening right now but we're not sure what he's like put put more Gatorade in the cart so we put more in and then he's like let's get some fucking Gatorade like some switch flips and he turns into a Gatorade monster (laughs) and before you know it the, the cart is full of hundreds of gallons of Gatorade and he goes Get another cart. <laughs> and, and Garrett and I are looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on right now? So we get another cart because we're just at this point, we're wrapped up in the in whatever this weird impulse is. We're just like, what's going to happen? This is <laughs> this is the fucking weirdest thing that's ever happened. And so so we get another cart. We fill it up. We empty Costco out of Gatorade to the point. Not Costco, Winco. To the point where there's on the side of the water Gatorade shit, there's powdered Gatorade that you can turn water into Gatorade with. He's like, get it. (laughs) (laughs) So we had Gatorade that we gave away to people in our house for four years. Well past the expiration date of whatever this Gatorade could have been, but it didn't really matter because it's just Gatorade. So that's. Did he ever take it to his workers? I don't think so. It just sat in the garage, and we would just you know drink sugar water. Because what what does your dad do? Now he's an arborist. Um, oh, was he not doing that back? No, then? back then he was uh, like landscape maintenance. Oh, okay. He ran a pretty uh, landscape maintenance company. Oh, yeah. Which could have used Gatorade. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying, like, that's that's what I would have gone to. I, I, I would have thought that he was like, I can use this has, anyways. Like, it has nothing every, to do with the practicality of it. Every day I've got, like, five, you know, workers that could drink, like, a gallon of this. No. Every do- day. It doesn't have anything. There's no practicality behind it. Purely, I want to get my son's all the Gatorade. I just want to. No, it's not even that. It's, I just need to spend money 
I need to, I got, I got a couple hundred dollars in my pocket and it has to go, has to get out of here. It's a very gambling, it's a very addict-esque thing. Yeah, there's, st- there's still Gatorade powder in their house. Is there really? Wow. Yeah, back in the back cupboard, there's still Gatorade powder back there. It's over a decade old at this point. It's oh, like no, it's 15 like, years no, it's old. 20, 20, easily 20 years old. No. It's yeah, like 20 I'm 30. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so Garrett, can you corroborate that oh, story? Oh, man. The, the cashier looked at us and she was like, what the fuck is going on? He what, had- are these, what are these people? And the best part was we put like two gallons in there. And then he looks at both of us, and it was the, get more Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> you like Gatorade? Get more. He had and a- he, it. Was, it was, what what started it was, he got a big bonus, like a big giant bonus. Uh, and he was like, if your mom finds out about this, we don't get to have any fun with this. So we have to go have fun. And his, his version of fun was going and buying candy or cookies or crap at Winco. And, and, then, <laughs> and then it was just the flip, the Gatorade flip. Let's get Gatorade. Let's get some. Wow. <laughs> he had an unquenchable thirst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did we man. get food or anything? Like, oh. did we get some, I remember the carts being so full yeah, and heavy. heavy. We could that, almost not push That them. we couldn't even push them. Like, the <laughs> cart was buckling under, the, <laughs> under like, 400 gallons of Gatorade. <laughs> and there was two. Two carts. Yeah, and then, like, and another cart. And they're carts, so they're not small carts. Yeah, and then another cart of just, like, chips and hot pockets my dad knows how to go full (laughs) r-word so yeah those those stories and more can be found in our patreon exclusive afterpod so check out our patreon page at patreon.com slash horror movie talk you can also support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on amazon if you click through the green button in the header of our website there's also a button for the patreon if you want to get there through the website um and then uh shutter if you are a fan of horror it's a streaming platform for horror movies and if you use the code hmt at checkout you get a 30-day free trial which is much better than their shitty seven-day free trial i always like how you guys say that shitty seven-day free trial <laughs> and they're still like they're the still sh- like doing stuff for you kind of shitty your shitty seven-day seven free trial for idiots <laughs> stupid idiots i can't i can't stop laughing about that fucking gatorade thing yeah. it's so strange to me even now oh, oh i i totally understand it now i, I get it yeah well you work with him yeah so. <laughs> um so anyways thanks again for listening and let's uh get into spoilers kind of breathy there yeah <laughs> okay so we got so much to talk about with this movie it's, it's gonna be hard to cover it all ridiculous um, buckle in audience and garrett long long ep so uh it opens up with just a great i mean just the cinematography and the directing in this movie is beautiful great it opens up with the exact opposite of what you're going to see for the rest of the movie, which is winter shots of stark snow on the forest landscape of Sweden. At night. At night. Yeah. Was it what was that Sweden, or was that like whatever town they were in? <laughs> like Chicago. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of like... I think it was. 
It, okay. All right, guys. It might have. That's been. the way I took it because because it because it then zoomed in on the house oh, where the yeah, phone didn't. was ringing or whatever. That's right. Yeah, it did a very hereditary sh- opening shot, didn't it? Yeah. Mm, I don't know about which is that. because because hereditary it, it kept zooming in on those little houses that she built. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And then turning them into the scene. So it zooms in. I think the phone is ringing yep. during it, and you hear the message machine pick up and hear. A Danny leave a message for her sister and her parents, or no, leave a message for her parents saying that her sister is acting real weird on email, and it pans over, and you see her parents are not reacting at all, and they're just sitting in their bed. Just asleep in their bed. Um, and you would have... There's a question of, like, do they just not hear it, or is there something going on? Because it's like, it's a pretty loud answering machine. Oh, yeah. I totally took it as they just didn't hear it. Yeah. Um... So Danny is is uh, again played by someone, and Puga, Puga Pew. She uh, is really worried about her sister. She's been emailing her and getting no response. Yeah. And apparently, her sister is pretty has a volatile, you know, emotional makeup. Well, the, I think what was interesting, what I took from it is, and I think that the actress Elizabeth Poog. What's her name? Pooh? Uh, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Uh, I thought the, it was a really interesting... The way I took it was, uh, she's kind of overreacting. Just overreacting. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, she is most certainly not overreacting. Yeah. And that girl did an amazing job. Yeah, you know, all thought, the acting was great in this The movie. acting was... Especially when she was crying. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, and then we'll get into the other. No, there's, there's a... So... It's revealed that there is actually much to worry about because her parents and her sister died in a murder-suicide of carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, her sister hooked up the cars and snaked some tubes of of a garden hose up to the parents' room and then taped it around her mouth like a mask and oh, kills her kills her parents and herself. Just a just absolutely dreadful it's 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 a scene that will really stick with you if you don't like having unpleasant things in your head man you you think you think carbon monoxide poisoning the silent killer it's silent it doesn't it's not a big deal man it's so gross to see this girl with a hose taped to her mouth shot down the hallway that's just her looking back at you yeah yeah there's Man, there's a story that I'll have to share on the Afterpod about my my aunt got carbon monoxide poisoning, like slow carbon monoxide poisoning, and from just a leak in her oven or something, wow. from it being installed wrong, and she literally has brain damage now because of it. God damn. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's scary stuff. Share that for the wave. Hold on to that for the after pub. Yeah. <laughs> you get to hear sweet, sweet <laughs> stories like how Bryce's <laughs> relatives got brain damage. So throughout this, um, we see Danny calling her boyfriend Christian to lean on him for support, and uh, something's not quite right in their relationship because she's <laughs> this this quote that I just love. Danny said, I'm very lucky to have you. <laughs> and and his response is, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> he literally just goes, yeah, yeah well. Yeah. And it, she's, she's so wrapped up in her you know, emotion that she's not really realizing that Christian is definitely on his way out. 
Well, and the I dude. think she notices a little bit, but definitely wrapped up in in mourning. Yeah, yeah. and and like you said, Garrett, there there was a real scene. Like when she realizes what happened to her family, there is like pretty much this the same scene that's the, in Hereditary, the Tony of, Collette scene of just screaming and moaning, just abject misery and sadness. I think probably the best depiction of somebody in that state that could that I have ever seen. Uh, you know, somebody who has not actually gone through it. She's just acting that out, obviously. And it was, I couldn't imagine uh, having to act that out. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's what he, so far, what he has done very well with both movies, which is just incredibly realistic depictions of intense emotion. Right. Which you just, I mean, you supposedly see that in almost every movie that's what makes movies interesting but but to see it done so realistically it's alarming and heavy it is heavy to experience yeah it's not i I mean some for some reason like that that scene you know both in hereditary and this movie of just a woman wailing um some could interpret it as well, that's a very melodramatic, that's a very movie thing, but also that happens in real life, and in this case, it feels very, very real. It sure does. Um, <clears throat> so the whole time before before all that's happening, Christian is with his friends at a bar or something like that, and uh, and they're all going, ah, Christian, you need to dump her, you need to dump her. <laughs> Get rid of this girl. Pick up a new one. Which kind of sets up the whole, I mean, that sets up the, the whole, whole dynamic. Yeah, yeah, the whole dynamic and the group dynamic and how they feel about her. Yeah, his his friends are, you know, he definitely commiserates with his friends about his girlfriend, and that's very apparent. And they're like, "Why are you still here?" Because he, he's probably been complaining for like a year about her at yeah. this point, mm-hmm. and uh, especially his friend Mark, which is also kind of a dick. Was <laughs> like, just dump her. He's the he's the one. He's like tired of hearing about her. Him and the the black guy are the two people that I recognized in this movie from other movies. I only recognize Mark. I don't know anybody else. Yeah, Mark is played by Will Poulter. He's got a very recognizable face. Yeah, he's a very no- notable. He's been in face. Um, We're the Millers and a bunch of other movies that I haven't actually seen. Mm. But you might recognize him from like. I think he was a child actor. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then uh, the Josh was played by William Jackson Harper, which I know from The Good Place on TV. The um, the show with Christian Bell. Okay. Anyways, he's he's really good on that. It's he's a it's a good comedic part for him. But yeah, everyone else like I didn't really recognize from anything but yeah, they're no. all great actors it's fabulous actors mm-hmm. yeah especially the leading lady she was very good and the swedish guy what was his name again um pele 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 played by actually all of them were just so well done the boyfriend uh was i mean i didn't want to say him originally because he's such a dick yeah like he's the low-key worst friend you have yeah this is this is great christian is a realistic asshole throughout the movie like that's that's what i take away is like that it's not like a over-the-top movie antagonist it's very much like 
just a guy that's a little too self-interested. Yeah, and a oh, little see, I didn't too see that unempathetic. No, um, you I, think he was no. I thought he was twirling. No, he, no, I didn't think that either. I just thought he was he was like a dude who was clearly he didn't know what to do with his life because when they're in the bar, they're like, "Yeah, you gotta figure out what you're gonna do for your thesis," and you still don't know what to do for your thesis, and you need to dump her and. And he like just a lost guy who didn't know, like if he was being a dick or if he wasn't trying to be. He was just like kind of rolling with the punches, and he kind of fell into this relationship. He fell into this thing, yeah. And he didn't want to. And he was maybe a little bit of a pussy because he didn't want to <laughs> approach the. He didn't want to attack his thesis. He didn't want to make a big change and break up with his girlfriend. Yeah. Just like. Yeah traveling it's all, through it's life. all believable but then like the later later occurrences where you see some decisions yeah. that christian makes you're like yeah maybe it is just kind of Selfish. kind of a dick yeah, yeah but you still didn't want to see what happened well i mean that was i think that was interesting because towards the end we'll get there but you go uh, he doesn't deserve that i mean he deserves something but no not one that. right no one deserves right. anything any of this, any of this. Yeah. like that's the real thing like, like leave him Leave him stranded in the middle of the city, and uh, you know that's worth it. You just leave him there. But I mean, not- just, I mean, you can do the same thing. Just don't put him in the bear suit. That's just humiliating, <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is actually. I have a clip of the actor uh, Jack Rayner, which I wrote down as a poor man's Chris Pratt from Profile. Here's the clip of Jack talking about his character. I think we, um, from the time we met each other, we both had a pretty clear uh, understanding and agreement of where the character was to be pitched. And oh, he's Irish. What interested me in taking on the role was, you know, not to play this guy as a one-note antagonist, you know, but to kind of acknowledge the fact that we've all, to some degree, been guilty of you know the crimes that Christian commits in this film and the yeah. relationship and we've also been in um, you know Florence's shoes as well Danny's shoes and um, I think that that's part of you know our human nature um, and so for me the challenge was to exhibit that given how callous this guy is on the page and how insensitive he has the capacity to be and that was you know that was why I wanted to take on the role because it wasn't going to be easy to do that is he Irish or Australian? Irish. Irish. Okay. Yeah. I like that all the characters were believable. Like, there is no character that you're... Well, except for all the cult people. But uh, they're pretty believable. Yeah. Ari Aster is a really good writer. Like, he, one of the notes I put down is that he's really good at writing realistic arguments. Yeah. Because when it's... So Danny finds out about the Swedish trip, like, a week before <laughs> he's leaving. And she's like, what? You've never you never told me that you're going to leave for a like a month long trip to Sweden, and he's like, uh, I guess it never came up. Yeah, well, I thought I, I mentioned it. Yeah, I told you. Told you I wanted to go. Um, anyways, this argument about the Swedish trip was just great because, yeah, he he takes it from like, yeah, I, I told I told you about it, Didn't and, I? and she's like, I'm not mad. I just want to understand, and that's such a. Like, for some reason, I haven't seen that in a film before of just, I'm trying to be reasonable with you because mostly for, in film, you write an argument to create conflict. And so that's your intention is like, create as much conflict as I can. Right. Here's a smash you in the face argument to show that these characters are mad. Instead, you get with this movie, 
nuance and subtlety. Yeah, if with, you think of yeah, go ahead with the with the way it's written because it's it's not a big fight. It's a small quarrel that you can tell bothers her much more than she lets on to him, right? Because she's afraid that she's going to push him away right. more. There's mm-hmm. a lot of subtext on there. There's like you don't. That's the reality of having a committed relationship is that you never want to go nuclear. Like yeah, you have the ability to. But you don't want to. No. You know? Um, yeah, if you think of, like, a rom-com argument, it's like they get into a huge argument, blow up everything, and, and you're, as a real person, you're asking, like, well, why didn't you just explain the one thing? They never say what they n- actually need to say. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, Ari Aster doesn't make compromises in, in these characters, in these interactions. Yeah. Um. So this festival is described by the friend Pele as a nine-day festival with lots of pageantry. Which is a great way of describing <laughs> He's it. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. Yeah, man. Uh, they are sold something, such a, such a tremendous lie of omission. <laughs> I think the yeah. best, one of the best villains, really the best villain, is this guy that's looking you right in the face and going... Oh, no, it'll be great. It's fantastic. I want you all to be there. I'm so just, happy you're going, especially yeah. you. And just knowing what's going to happen, like, and, he, and you didn't, like, even at the end, you didn't really cast him as the as the villain. Because that's the beauty of this movie, is, is You cast Christian as the villain. Is he's, no, he's, nobody's the villain. Even the cult isn't, aren't villains. The, everybody is just doing this thing that they do. This right. dude, yeah, like, the, dude, like, the dude's been in, he's in college with him, he's been in Western society. But to he, him, this is a, this is the even, way his culture works. But even he, like, uh, on, on the two suicide thing, when, when that happens, he goes, oh, well, you guys just, it's, it's a different culture. Like, he understands the difference. He totally gets the difference between the two cultures. He just is like, he, I think I think he's a total evil dude. Yeah, I mean, there's, I I agree. There's something nefarious about. It. I mean, it's right. the same thing with the Nazis. Where he it's knows like what's these SS happen. soldiers are like, I was just doing my job, man. It's like it's it just made sense at the time. Like, in from my culture, it makes sense to entrap people and and get them to unwillingly go into a human sacrifice, drug them you know? for four days. And- uh, look, no argument for me that it is not a good thing, but. But everybody, it's very clear that these people are like, they are fully, they've drank the Kool-Aid. Right. They are in it Mushrooms. for the for the long haul. They believe vi- to the point that they are willing to lay down their lives when they turn 72. Like, that's the thing that we do in this culture. And we all accept it and not just accept it, but value it yeah that's one of the main devices in this movie that works very well not only for explaining the internal logic of the characters but also as an audience for why you react how you do is that it's experiencing something completely foreign yeah a foreign culture and there's something latently terrifying about that but you can't accept it as terrifying because you have to like tell yourself well i just must not understand right why they do this <laughs> like it it must be me right yeah and, and that's 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 what it is throughout the whole movie you're like well is that bad though 
You know, I mean, they all maybe, seem to be okay with it. I mean, what what in our culture do we do that's terrifying to them? Like, and it's all it puts you in this really weird relativistic mindset to where right. you're completely numbed to what's really going on, even when truly horrifying things happen. And then you see. So let's let's hop forward to that's the, the I, first I, the first yeah. sacrifice. Like I, I need to respond to that though because it's so critical to describing this movie is is it does throw you into this place of like well this is I mean this is kind of fine right they're all okay with it so it must be okay and so the overall experience of watching the movie is for me anyway is I was not as alarmed as I should have been the whole time I was buying it you right know? I, I was like okay with everything that happened yeah to the point that that i didn't even have big reactions i was like at the end of the movie i was kind of like this seems like a nice place to be <laughs> like right i would to go live like this. right like, that, that's the thing like when i realized how anxious i was it's that feeling of like i don't i don't belong here but like i can't look away right because you know it's not it wasn't terrifying to where I was reacting strongly. Well, I mean, there's a couple points where there is strong reactions from myself, but um, but for the most part, yeah, it was just like dread built up from experiencing it. Right. I kept going back and putting myself in the different in the shoes, and you know, yeah, putting yourself in the shoes of the of the cult, and you go, oh, I mean, they're all okay with it. They've all accepted this and they live with this. And then you snap back and you put yourself in the shoes of, of one you, of the, yeah, of one of the Americans, or yeah, of you watching it. And you go, Jesus Christ, how would I respond in this, in yeah. this situation? Yeah. And it, it's interesting to, to try to jump back and forth on those two things. Yeah, it is, and it's also interesting to like I know certain things about myself, and at at one point in this, I'm not exactly sure which, but I've done this in life where I've, I just I would just run. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would just run away into the woods, like without a plan. Like, fuck this shit. I'm just, I could die out there. I don't care. I have yes. to go away. Uh, before, one thing that I, Bryce wanted to move on, but um, what I uh, like that Ari Aster does is the way that he plays with the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like when she's she's going into the bathroom and then she, and then it pans over the top of the bathroom wall Ugh. and then she switches and she's in the airplane yeah number one biggest airplane toilet that there right. ever has been that's the only <laughs> during that scene that's the only thing i could think of like right. going jeez i wish i was on that plane that that's got a big ass toilet in there yeah you can spread your legs oh, a little man. bit bryce and i could bryce and i could have both fit easily in there right but but the way that he does the camera work yeah, the camera. There's a couple like really cool um, transition shots, transitions and decisions from a directing standpoint. There's that transition to the airplane bathroom is seamless, and then as they're traveling to the festival, there's there's like cool camera things where they're putting it upside down, and you're kind of like feeling like you're entering a different realm. Um, they kind of quote from. Uh, the Shining with the forest shots, yeah. like the overhead uh, shots, which, I mean, I guess if you're going to film a forest, you have to do that now. Disorienting in a in a drug trip sort of mm. way. Yeah, and then... Setting that... Setting yeah, they set, they set that up because they arrive in this field and are immediately, like, offered psychedelic drugs. Yeah, they, like, they're big on mushrooms in, mm-hmm. this, uh, in this community. And they, you know, throughout the whole movie, the, the feeling is that they're being pretty 
consistently dosed yeah. with psychotropic substances and uh really cool visual effects related to that just very subtle trippy like yeah you know like uh, what do you call it's it like forcing modulations you to, uh, halluc- or just like it's forcing a visual hallucination on the audience right and i want to i really noticed it at the end when she has the flowers right yeah and, and that one flower kept breathing at you yeah but i want to go back and rewatch it to see how much more i missed it's all the background whenever they're high yeah. Whenever they're very high. But I want to see if they do it more. Things are changing Wiggly ever wobbly. so slightly. Yeah. And, and there's a great scene when Christian is like very heavily drugged and it's just right <sighs> in the, the part where he's actually down the path of no return for his character to where he doesn't realize like he's dead, what his fate is. And they're sitting at a table and he's like, what is going on? And just an old guy he turns, turns around the, and claps right in front of his face. He says, what's happening? He turns to this kindly looking old man and the old man just, just claps his hands in his face. Yeah. Kind and, of, kind of angrily, but just once it's just more like he knows that it's going to fuck up this guy's head. Yeah. So he does it. <laughs> and then you just see this like subtle waviness, like around Christian's head. And he's just like, it was dizzy making turns his head down like a, like a scolded dog kind of thing. And it's, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool to watch and, like, very effective storytelling, too. It sure is. Um, so let's skip forward to the first big ritual. Um, and I can't remember what it's called. I wrote it down, but I didn't write it down here. Anyways, the, the <laughs> Pele, the night before, is like, get excited. The first big ritual's <laughs> coming ready. up. Yeah. You guys and, love this. And then the Josh, he's like... We're doing the whatever it's called. Like he says the the name of it before, and he's like, yeah. like how, like how close are you actually going to do that? And he's like, Pele's like, I mean, pretty pretty actually close. And like Josh looks at Christian and Danny, and he just kind of gives a smirk. And he's like, <laughs> buckle up, I know what it is because they're all like anthropology students, and and Josh specifically is there to do his thesis on this festival like yeah. he, he pagan, wants to get pagan rituals yeah he wants to get all in on these pagan festivals in in sweden and so he already has done a bunch of research and he's probably the most well equipped yeah when, when the when pele said this is what we're doing uh, he got he had that look on his face like whoa oh, holy shit fuck. really that's, gonna, that's happen? gonna happen i should mention um to set this up a little bit more so they are driven far a, a, they are driven four hours. four hours outside of any major city, and then they hike in for like a day. And so they are vastly separated from, from society by large distances in a totally different country. And they come upon a very beautifully well-kept village of buildings, some fairly large buildings that are communal houses. And they're separated by age group. And so these these visitors, uh, our, our party, they sleep in a, a basically the kids' building. Anyone under 30-something mm-hmm. sleeps in this building. And then there's, like, a food building and a few uh, – and, like, a ritual building and a few other buildings. And it's this big, beautiful, idyllic property. Yeah. Very minimalistic. Yeah. Very Swedish. Um, so, anyways, the first big ritual, it starts with them eating – dinner at this rune-shaped table um looks like a like a diamond shape that's extended at one end yeah um 
then these old people arrive at the table and you're like okay oh they're all standing at the table no one's eating yet they're waiting for something and these old people arrive and when they sit down everyone sits down when they drink and eat everyone drinks and eats um when they drink you see like a like a semblance of fear in the old woman's eyes like you're like huh what's what's uh you kind of know what's going to happen, but yeah, you, you get a feeling. You get I mean, a feeling. throughout the whole movie, they don't like tip it off too much, and it's it all feels very natural. It's not like you know Ari what's going to happen. Yeah, the whole way through, you know each thing that's going to happen. There's no real big surprises. Yeah, I wish there was like, I wish I had knew known nothing about it at all. I bet this movie would be like a really different experience if you didn't know that it was by a horror movie director. Right. <laughs> I didn't. Know? So I knew. I knew that. But I didn't know. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't watch anything right. about it. I didn't read anything about it. I just David told me a couple months ago that this is coming out, and he said it's by the guy, the hereditary guy. And I went, okay, I don't want to know anything. Right. And it was, it was, sorry, it was a a very cool experience to go into. So they um, are at this table, and then after they're done, they take the old people off on chairs like these little chariots you know carrying them off and then they go to these cliffs and you're already you're like someone's gonna fall off this boy that's a that's a real that's a real intentional looking cliff (laughs) (laughs) um they uh they go oh yeah and also of note mark the friend skips this part yeah and that's semi-important later on um but they Bring them up to the the top of these cliffs, these old people. They cut their hands, make some bloody handprints on these rune stones. And then the woman goes to the top of the cliff and stares intently at Danny for some reason. <laughs> and everybody, everybody's, uh, like half the community's down below, like underneath. Yeah. Very, sp- I liked how they always spread themselves out. Yeah. In five yard distances. Right. In a very, sp- I, it, yeah. It's it's added cool. to it a little that's bit. Good, that's like a good they point. have like they have. Okay, this is my spot, and this is where I watch this go down. Yeah. yeah, and the the shot looking it looks up from the ground up to these cliffs, and they're probably like a hundred feet up or something like yeah. that. 85. And you just see like just the head poking up over over the cliff, looking at Danny, and then uh, she jumps off and just just splat that was my i thought about it when i when he when she did that and i what i really liked about it was the way that he did the camera like 200 feet away and it wasn't like most movies where you get like wind wind rushing as this person's falling and then like bones breaking and all this crap it was like jump (laughs) yeah it was the most realistic like silent like nope that life just got snuffed out yeah that's it that's the that's the thing so um, notable about this scene in particular like the whole movie is really well lit and they're outside and it's daylight it's beautiful but this scene in particular is very oversaturated bright. or over overexposed so it's super like bright like people are glowing it's so bright yeah um so the the, the camera is overexposed but but the sound is completely muted, muted. like yeah. everything feels like you're under like two feet of water listening to it and then the sound effects of her hitting the ground are just it just sounds like what that would sound like a sack of potatoes it's yeah. it's the yeah it's this horrifically violent terrible act 
that of, happens in an instant of committing suicide that is very um, that is very emotionally jarring, but also the experience of it is so not notable, right? right? It's it's and it's designed like everything else in this movie to just lull you into seeing horrible things happen and being okay with it. You are just you're just a lamb. Yeah, and then the the old guy jumps off and it's a little more extreme. I don't know why you would jump off like he that. He jumps off and lands on his feet. Note to self, bad idea. Um, he just snaps his legs in half and he's laying. I think it was intentional. Well, yeah. Yeah. And he's laying and he's still alive, but like very broken and bloodied. And then Ugh. they slowly walk up to him, three of the, the cult members, with a giant wooden mallet. But, but as he he's on the ground, he starts freaking out because he's right. alive still yeah and the the you get the first uh you get the first feeling of this cult where they take on somebody else's pain where yeah he's, oh, I he's didn't dying even think of that. i didn't even he's think dying of that. and everybody in the crowd 40 or 50 people in the crowd all start wailing just like he is oh man and they're that's, taking on his emotional pain that's a really setting, good observation setting that up for later with with danny but um see i thought it was they that was their for, first like oh this is not going right like oh, oh really? this is this went wrong like now now it's not like the ritual Everybody's, this is like oh no that we're feeling really bad for him right. but there's like a mechanism to take care of this but yeah you're right they're probably <laughs> just mirroring his pain because when cause the they old, do that later when the old lady is talking to the Christian and Danny and the and the and the and the European or the uh, the English people are freaking out about it, you know, because you just watched two people commit suicide, and she says, uh, she says, well, no, these people are are giving back their life to us, and they're you know that baby, right. the the pregnant lady, that baby is gonna have the name of this girl or the the woman who committed suicide, and it's their way of like. It's the circle of life. <laughs> a really sad circle of life. Yeah, like no, that's a really good observation. So they they bring in this giant wooden mallet, like the that's probably about like four feet tall, and then the mallet itself is like two feet yeah, wide. It's a good thirty pound mallet. And they walk up and just same thing, muted sound, just like thunk. <laughs> yeah, and and then even close up on his head, getting Ugh. completely crushed and like exploded it's still just like thunk yeah <laughs> and uh it's all meant to make you okay with this horrible thing right so that's the important thing is the reactions to everyone to to this ritual so then the two- josh josh the the black guy that's the um anthropology student that's doing his thesis on this he's just bemused like he's like Wow, they, this is really fascinating. Yeah, you know? what a great, what a me, what an interesting study. Yeah, it's like watching a fisherman take a fish off of the hook and then thunk it on the. It's it's it is done with that amount of emotion. Right, there's just total detachment. Um, Christian is like he's affected heavily, like he's throwing up. But then later he's like, I want to do my thesis on this. Which is the other indication that, like, oh, Christian's a huge asshole because he knows that Josh is, that's the whole purpose that he's here. No, it's cool, Josh. We can collaborate. Right. And then uh, Danny immediately wants to leave. She's, like, done with it. Yeah, and she she has, obviously, a very hard experience going through that, considering what she just went through earlier in the year. Yeah. And then the other, were they English? I thought they were American, but I might have remembered that wrong. They were English. There's an English couple that were there, too, and they want to leave. 
Um, but then they just kind of disappear <laughs> from the movie. And it's very like suspicious circumstances. The girl is like, where's, where's my boyfriend? And he's like, and the people are explaining very calmly that he went off in the truck and they didn't have room for her. And she's like, he wouldn't do that. Like, why wouldn't he tell me? Like, why wouldn't I just sit on his lap? And they just very calmly and Swedishly say, we don't break traffic laws. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sat on his lap in the truck. Hey, girl, we don't do that here. Uh-huh. That's not one of our. That's not one of our traditions. And and to note those those are the people that were freaking out the most at the, at yeah. the whole ritual. Yeah. They they were wigging out like massively. Sorry, it's just. Um, no, we're doing good on time. Yeah. Um. So, side note, completely unrelated to anything, and I did want to say this. This was the easiest movie to take notes in. Yeah, it was so it was so bright. <laughs> it was see, so your, bright. I could see, see exactly where I was writing. Um. Anyways. Moving on, so the bodies of the old people are burned in a pyre, and the ashes are spread by this tree, yeah. which is important because Mark, this big dead tree, does not. I don't think they even told Mark what happened because he doesn't seem no, to be did. very phased by. He was like, "Oh, I missed all the fun. You guys let me miss all the fun. What's going on?" And Mark set up this whole movie as the doofus dork yeah. who's just along to get and has you know, the best. Yeah, he's a great comedic relief, especially early on. When Fabulous he, when he has the bad trip. Yes. <laughs> You guys need. Hey, it's Josh, nine o'clock. You... Why is it still bright? Josh, please lie down. <laughs> yeah, he... everybody needs to be lying down right now. <laughs> he goes. I think it might be feel good to lie down. He, it's that's a very realistic drug uh-huh. trip, like a very realistic drug trip starting to go awry, where the guy, where the guy's like, I'm feeling uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, maybe if I lie down, I'll feel better. And he lies down. He's like, Oh, this, this is much feels better. So good. You guys need to lie down. No, seriously, lie down right now, or else. <laughs> everything the world might come undone if you don't lie down right now so mark um does not notice that the ashes are being spread by this sacred tree and he proceeds to piss on the tree (laughs) and that's the first like indication of like oh these guys these swedish people are not to be fucked with like they're all like don't the first time you see them not being swedish (laughs) don't when they're reacting to mark peeing on their sacred tree and then mark just kind of disappears or wait is that no. is he the one that's get gets let off and he says uh oh, what, I a think girl I a girl approaches him during dinner and she's like come i'm going to show you oh yeah that's right the i'm whole, gonna show you the <laughs> and whole, then he, he says i'll be back i guess she's going to sh- she's going to show me she's gonna show me <laughs> And then, then he, he never comes back. The whole early part of the movie, she's making eyes at him. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's got feels for him. <laughs> the way she approaches him at this... It's Big, quiet. giant dinner. It's So, before every meal, they, the, the tradition is, you fucking sit there quietly with your thoughts for 20 minutes before anybody can, like... Before anybody can eat. There's, like, this big lead-in of, of essentially... Um, what appears to be meditation on the part of all everyone. Uh, but the Americans don't. <laughs> they just can't. <laughs> they it. can't be anything other than American for five seconds. So basically, they're talking through everyone's meditation almost every dinner. Everyone's sitting there quietly. And it's so uncomfortable. But the Americans just can't help themselves t- but to talk. <laughs> and so he's blah, 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 blah. And oh, this, this, this dinner looks shitty, boy. <laughs> he says out loud in front of like, like they 80. try to make it look gross. <laughs> In front of eighty cult members, he's like, Duh, "This looks so gross." And and then this girl approaches him, 
just in the middle of dinner in the, or middle, in the middle of meditation. in the middle of meditation and she's like come i'm gonna show you and he's like whoa like this is pretty direct and everybody can hear everything you're saying and she's like come on i'll show you let's i'm gonna show you and he's like all right she's gonna show me guys <laughs> bye yeah but and then that's it before that uh i think before that or like the day earlier the cult members were playing a game <laughs> where they uh snake or whatever what is that where they follow each other mm-hmm. um centipede <laughs> no uh conga line they're doing yeah, a conga yeah, yeah, line yeah. Oh, okay and uh and uh christian asks pele what they're playing and he says it's uh skin the fool he, oh. oh man, you're good at this. Why don't you have a horror movie podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm better so, at this than you guys. So they're uh, he's okay. he's led away, and uh, they is this the meat pie one? No, no, you, no. You see him one more time, but it's uh, it's just his it's just his face. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh well, right. Yeah, you see his. No, I'm talking about is this the dinner? The one that he's led away from? Is that the meat no. pie? One? Okay, it's not. It's like a salad. I okay, think. like a caprese salad. <laughs> um, so so both Josh and Christian are Which, yeah. decided that they're going to do their thesis. On this place. So they're like talking with the village elders and trying to well, get all the inside information that they, they can did, get. They did something else first. The uh, Josh went and he talked to the uh, old dude and the old dude was showing him the book uh-huh. in the in the really special temple with the. With no, the, it wasn't. It wasn't in the temple. It wasn't in the yellow. Building. No, 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 no. It was no. But in, in the in the book. Yeah, the library. Like the li- in the book sacred depository. library. In the <laughs> book depository. <laughs> yes. Um and he and the before Christian decided to do the thesis, uh, Josh was like asking, "Can I take pictures of this book and stuff?" And the guy like, is like, "Fuck no, you can't no. take pictures of this." It was written by our oracle, and then you meet the oracle, which I thought they'd have more on the oracle. Yeah, I, that that was one thing that I thought maybe they have more of this, and they just didn't and use they just it. Didn't, yeah. Well, he was the oracle. He or she, I'm not sure which, uh, was the one unidyllic looking part Ooh. of this whole thing. So of course it yeah. had to be used in the trailer, right? Right. This uh heavily inbred person. He's Yeah. Well, they even say in in the <laughs> He just says it nonchalantly that oh yeah, he's intentionally inbred right. for the retardation <laughs> because you know, he Ruben You said the I would. The guy <laughs> the guy that's the oracle is unaffected by normal cognition is how they put it right (laughs) and so what he does is he does these scribble drawings of what's going on and then they interpret it in these books and how they describe it is the runes on this book are are um sheet music for feelings and there's like nine different i think there's nine did i get that yeah nine different feelings nine different like emotions or feelings or states that they they write and then they're like transcribing the events of this festival through their oracle would, that's our worded the the oracle makes sense because you kept seeing the oracle listen to the uh the oracle was listening later on in the um in the most unpleasant sex ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, as we're dissecting this movie, it's it's becoming more and more apparent to me how much of a social comment commentary this is. Like you're being led by a fool, 
<laughs> like not just oh. a fool, but an inbred R word. And, uh, and you are, you know, and you're complicit and you're here and you could leave, or but you, you just don't, you could change things. But Jesus Christ, it's really hard when you're so drugged out of your mind, isn't it? You stupid idiot. You know, like, yeah, there's all these suggestions that, that is, or, or you parallels. Know, one thing that I didn't, we haven't talked about at all, but I realized just the math of this. They say it's a it's a nine day festival that happens every ninety years. Mm-hmm. Like, is that long enough for like this kind of tradition to get passed on? <laughs> I don't well, understand. Like, especially if they kind of admit that people die around seventy two. Like, imagine that they you're bringing outsiders. That you're like that your family. This tradition, like you've never actually seen it occur. You've only heard it well, written in books, and that's you're like. I- yeah, let's commit to this festival that hasn't been done for a hundred years, but is super important. That's really. why I asked you guys earlier, like what you thought about about Pele lying, because you don't honestly you don't know what's everything's number one drugged out. Everybody's drugged right. out. But then they had a they have a May girl May Queen, May Queen. fest May Queen. And they have pictures of, like, the last 20 May Queens. Yeah, they must like, have some sort of festival, but this specific ritual happens every 90 right. years. That was, yeah, that was kind of the way I took it See, as well. I think about it more like, more like this is just a lie. It goes back to me just thinking Pele is a, a lie super, to get you here. Yeah, a lie to get you here. And, and we're just, you can't trust anybody there. And because that could be. also because Pele earlier on. Uh, was talking to Danny. He's like, "Oh, I'm super glad you're here because I identify with you because my parents both died in a fire, right? In, <laughs> and in a tragic and in unrelated a, fire, <laughs> in, in a yeah, in a structure fire. And you're like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. So this guy admits that both of his parents were killed in a fire, and it's like, is that really? It, does this happen every ninety years, or is it? Is it just like? Nah, yeah, maybe it's every ninety days. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, that's somebody's that's question. Somebody's going to uh, comment to us and school us up in, in yeah. exactly what's going uh, on here. What's his name? The weirdling. The weirdling is going to comment on this. Um, so then they enter like kind of the finale ritual phase where there's a dancing competition. We haven't gotten to Josh getting killed. Josh, oh yeah, Josh. How does, how does Josh he, get he heads into the book depository. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he <laughs> he heads in ill-advised. You know, when when At a night. creepy pagan cult leader says, "No, of course not. You can't take pictures <laughs> of our sacred relic book. No selfies either. No." And then you go into the sacred temple. In, I mean, still basically the daylight since it doesn't really. Get yeah, dark. Only three hours in nighttime, and then start taking flash photography of said in sacred front of a ritual. window. Yeah, um, it's not going to work out great for you. So yeah, he's just clubbed over the head he like a baby seal over the head by uh, a person wearing his friend's face as a oh, mask. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot he that. Turn, he turns around. And he's like, "Mark, is that you?" And you go, "Boy, that is not Mark's body. That is Mark's face." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, He's bonked on his head, and we don't see him anymore. Pulls a Dwight. And, uh... <laughs> he skins the mannequin. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing baloney on his face. <laughs> so, uh... So, throughout the movie, like, people just kind of disappear, and it doesn't seem like Christian or Danny are really reacting strongly, and then... Parts within, of them show up. Yeah, within... <laughs> yeah. Within the 
reality of the movie, though, like it feels like they're pretty heavily drugged at this point, and they're just kind of and she go keeps, going with the flow, and they're kind of trying to resist, but they can't. And she it feels taking, very like faded. She keeps taking um, yeah, sleeping does. pills from Josh right. every night. She asks for a sleeping pill. Man, I would need a sleeping pill too because that fucking room where they sleep. Oh, man. There's that baby that never stops crying. It's it that is the most unnerving part of the whole movie to me is the thought of number one sleeping with like 30 or 40, 40 strangers people, yeah. and then and then this child that never stops crying at night the whole anytime they're, they're in, asleep it's just a, it's just this infant and, oh man i don't care who you are that is nails on a chalkboard so there's this dancing competition that Danny is uh, roped into, and they use this competition to pick the May Queen. So they dance around in a circle while they're high as fuck, and whoever is the last one standing, because literally they're like running into each other and falling because they're high, um, whoever is standing at the end gets crowned the May Queen. While that's happening, Christian is taken into... This other weird house with lots of weird drawings on the walls, and the old kind of woman elder is like, "Hey, this girl wants to have sex with you. You all right with that?" The girl is, uh, and before that was the Pele's, pie. Pele's sister. Pele's sister, and yeah. before that was the pie with the pubes. Well, no, they're, the pube pie. They're yeah. all sisters and brothers. Right. It's not really oh, his sister. Yeah. yeah. It's not really his sister. Oh, it's not really like his sister. His, it's not his. No. I don't believe it's his blood sister. Right. Because okay. he says we were born on the same day. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. Before this, at one of the dinners, they're eating these meat pies, and Christian takes out like this pube, <laughs> this you know red pube from the pie, and looks over this <laughs> at the redhead. only redhead there. Yeah. Looks over at the redhead, and he's like, I think I ate that girl's pube. <laughs> and, and so on this weird sex interview, like he, he even interview. says, yeah, he says, oh, yeah, oh, that girl? Yeah, I think I ate one of her pubes. And then the, the woman says, yeah, that's that's probably right. That sounds about right. <laughs> and and before when right before that, uh, in the meat pie creation area, they start, the um, the cultists really start bringing in Danny, yeah, they, and being really friendly to her, like yeah, pulling her in. It's time for you to really right. start helping out around here and you doing to, you our customs. Help, you want to help the girls come and, and make pie? And she's like, "Yeah." It's not even. Do you want to? It's right. like it's time it's to time do this. To, yeah, she's like reluctant in a way, but also like, "Oh, these people are being nice to me." Yeah, all right, I, I get to be included. And and you and there's so much there's so much mushroom usage that it's like you're pretty. You're you're pretty easily influenced, Malleable. yeah, and and when you're not, you're you're in the you have the realization that I'm in the middle of nowhere with all these nice people and, who are being nice to me, and uh, that also it plays off of the dinner where we don't we can't re, we can't see where the English people went because the English people went and got murdered, <laughs> and uh, and before that there was like they took the three shots of Josh and Christian and Danny who are still there and you hear the 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 English girl scream in the background and all yes. and no one really reacts and all three of them kind of react a little bit and they're like ah, nothing <laughs> what was that nah probably nah, nothing probably nothing what was that what was probably that, that baby <laughs> but uh there was she, a baby and so at dinner they're all talking about like oh where did they go and they're like oh 
he left on a he left uh he left in the truck and then they came back and grabbed her and Danny like scathingly says to Christian, uh, I bet you'd do that to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like so you see you really see the rift between the them relationship breaking breaking down. apart and him him more and more like not giving a shit about her kind of, but also kind of Yeah, like, not that he's ever right <laughs> at, the, at this point. But like he and it's probably the heavy drug use, but he's trying to like keep it together, but also he doesn't know how because he's never kept together anything in his life. Right. So, yeah, once Danny is crowned the May Queen, they, like, sweep her away and basically worship her. So it's like, they're, one is, it's heavily distracting to her. She doesn't know what's going on. In the meantime, <laughs> Christian... This is why it was given, or almost given, an X rating. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Christian is taken away to his uh, sex meeting with this redhead. <laughs> sex meeting. And uh, this is one of the notable scenes of the movie he goes into this you know like wide open kind of kind of dark warehousey sort warehousey of room. room with the you, redhead just you know laying in a in a like a bed of of flowers and grasses and she's just giving him the come hither stare you know very picturesque and then there's you know just kind of a semicircle of nude women around 14 her. 14 nude old ladies <clears throat> yeah ranging in ages from you know mid 20s to like mid 40s no, they were all 40 there there was there was not very many good boobs in this okay lineup this is a lot of bad boobs for sure I'm, know, maybe I'm unapologetic. In for this. some reason, I'm I, I wasn't <laughs> noticing it as much as I would normally. I thought I thought they had a wider age range, but no. I must be wrong. Um, but yeah, there were some if we're varying ra- varying body types. <laughs> let's just say that. Um, so not that I have any room to like like I'm not I'm not right. some some catch or anything. But you I did do, just run a half marathon. But I uh, thank you. <laughs> well, I I mean you know not I mean they're to, not to toot your own horn. A semicircle of Swedish women that are beautiful at any size. Can you imagine what that room smelled like? <laughs> <laughs> Flowers and vagina. There was a so. lot of vagina in that room. A lot of open airy bush. And so they <laughs> they basically command Christian to unclothe himself. Wasn't he? Or was he unclothed? Side discussion. I have to know. Bush or no bush? What's your what's your pref? None. Trimmed. Really? I pref- I would prefer the full bush. Uh, that personally. Yeah. I Is mean, that what I get? What, maybe. Maybe not. What, I'm not going to let you know my pr- private details. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What I come back to, and this is totally off, but. Um, are we talking about Bush? No. Oh. We're talking about the various body types. Try and you look keep at, it on topic. Here. Sorry. This is a professional <laughs> podcast. Uh, the only One of the only things I could think about whenever they were at dinner is, Christ, how could you survive on that little food? <laughs> like, this tiny, like, quarter of a chicken breast and, like, a leaf. But dude, people do like, that. I know. And it blows my mind. To- I can't. I can't even. And that's all. Well, yeah. Then the question is like, if they're all eating the same thing and they're all doing the same work, how did that lady is, get so big? Yeah. Why yeah, are there some women right. that are like thirty pounds overweight? No, that's, she's, what, that's what I'm saying. She's cooking the food. So oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Tasting on the she's, side. She's eating all the pube pies. <laughs> that's why everybody else is so damn skinny. Like, well, we got extra pube pies here. I might as well just take them into my. She's bunk. the purveyor of pube pies. <laughs> so, so they they, they, they st- he starts having sex with the redhead and. <laughs> 
all these all these women are like making these sounds and i wrote to myself not helping (laughs) (laughs) and the look on his face and they get right out so convincing of just like this guy is not enjoying this experience and this is not easy and they get right one woman gets right up in his face like She's like encouraging him. eyes with yeah. him. Yeah, that's that's the part that I was, I wrote that I remember now. Yeah, this losing it. I'm middle losing age, it. Middle aged woman just kneels down next to him, just like eye level. You're doing like, good. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like don't. Oh no, no, she's singing. That's what it is. Yeah, they start singing. She's singing, but it's kind of sounds like moaning. There's a lot of. This she's sh- like uh. A lot of theatrics. None of them uh, were actually enjoying it. Well, it's a lot of this shared emotion right, thing, right? right? Right. It's this mirroring your emotion thing. And this scene is really a testament to the, how horny a guy can be. <laughs> like it's, it's like you think you, as a woman, you think you understand men, yeah. men but you really can't. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to show this to Aaron and just have her react would this fee- be feasible to a woman ever? <laughs> and the answer has to be no. If there was a dude sitting on the floor waiting for you to come F him, and then there was a 14 other dudes standing behind him with erect junk. I think I've actually seen that movie several times before. <laughs> yeah. But, would you... Is this a thing that you... And if the answer is yes, like, more power to you, but I'm just saying it's not... 95% of... Or 99% of all other women would be like... Yeah. But this dude, he's like... He's... Well, he's, he's d- not. Ex- he's not loving it. <laughs> he's he's He looks, like, panicked. Like, what... <laughs> This but is, I gotta get this thing in here. And like, then, gotta get it wet. And then, like, eventually, towards the end, the old, like, Helga <laughs> <laughs> kneels down behind him and f- helps the final thrust. She's like, puts his hands on her on his ass and is like, deeper. Get deeper in, in there. there. Get in there. Like, okay, so, so then, as this and then is, the old lady tells him. It's time for you. It's yeah, you let's wrap it up. Wrap let's up. do this. <laughs> kind of wasting a lot of time here. <laughs> That'd be great if, like, he looked up and one of the women in the in the semicircle was just like doing the hand motion of like, let's let's wrap it up, buddy. <laughs> just doing finger the, over the finger, finger over finger motion. Yeah, tapping uh, your wrist. <laughs> you know what time? You're like we like desserts about to be served. So and and while this is happening, we got to air out this sex house. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get it. The four thirty. The first four thirty is waiting outside the door right now. So. Got hoses out. Um, while this is going on, they take Danny and bless the fields. Yeah, they bless the fields, and then Danny hears like the moaning kind of singing coming from the house, and she's like, she knows something's going on. And they even they try to block her from going in, and she goes in and looks. They don't through, try very hard. Yeah, and then she looks through the world's largest keyhole. keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> she could look at it. She could look through the keyhole from like a three foot distance away, and she sees what's going on. And then she's like distraught. She starts as, like as anyone like if I didn't know this guy and I looked through that keyhole I'd be fucking distraught. Yeah. Like I'd I'd be like Jesus Christ what's happening in there? And they uh and then she starts crying and they do the shared emotion thing with her. Yeah. And they they take her into the into the shared bedroom house. And <laughs> a lot uh, of sharing. And then this at this point it just goes I mean it speeds up real quick. Lots of stuff happening at the finale of this movie cuz now they're like 
trapped. Right. Now, like... You, they're trapped and high <laughs> as fuck. And all yeah. of their friends are dead at this point. Yeah, all their friends are gone. They're, it's just the couple. This, yeah. Definitely the point of no return. Josh, or not Josh, Christian is, at the next time we see him, completely drugged to where they even just say, he, like, calm down. You can't talk and you can't move. He runs <laughs> He runs out naked. He runs out That's naked right. in... Into the chicken house, right? Into the chicken right, coop, right. and he sees. Oh, the, that's right. That's the, when you see that the young English man who was who ha- had bloody bloody eagle. I looked it up. The bloody yeah. e- the, he, a, an old Viking torture method had been inflicted upon this dude. This dude was strung up in the chicken house, like like held um, horizontally, horizontally, face down, face down, and they had ripped. His the the skin off of his back, and they pulled out his lungs out of his back, <laughs> and and he was alive with his lungs outside of his back like wings over him, and he was breathing, inflating these <laughs> these lungs that looked like wings to make him. And the flat. chicken, the chicken was up there on top of him when you and <sighs> those That's dirty dirty little chicken feet. Horrendous. Could you imagine the bacteria in there? <laughs> oh man, ugh. As, so, though that, as though that's what's going through his head. Dude, th- and, and it should be noted, the whole way through this movie, you're laughing nervously. Yeah. Or, or in oh, earnest. No, you're wrong. You're weird. I You weren't laughing no, the no, whole way was, through this movie? It was it was horrifying. It was like... It was like... Well, even Ari Aster, Aster said, like, he's... He intentionally made funny moments. Like, there's, there's supposed to be part... But also, he said that there was... He finds a lot of moments in Hereditary to be funny. So I he's do, got too. A, he's got a twisted... I laughed a lot of, of the way through Hereditary. Because, what did you laugh at? Because it was it was nervous laughter, almost. It was like, oh, <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. Like, like the part where her... Where, spoilers, if you don't want to hear big spoilers about Hereditary, skip forward a minute or two. When her head pops off... When, oh. when they, I, I laughed. When um, you laughed at that? Oh man, I laughed at so many parts in that movie. Not like ha ha ha. ha. Well, right. even even the ending of Hereditary, where he climbs up into the treehouse and they're they're all like doing the ritual, and he's just like, "All right, I guess this shit now." Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't remember it well enough, and I got I guess I got to watch it again. Um. Anyways, uh, so it ramps up real quick. Christian is is How drugged. Does he get his clothes back on. They clothe him. I think they they find him. Or yeah, whatever. as they, soon as he sees the guy with the blood. It, when, yeah, when he's in the chicken coop, the other guy comes up and drugs him with cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. He blows he blows this dust in his face, and he's instantly paralyzed. Yeah. And then they. So I guess they go back. No wait, he's, he. They never eat dinner again because the next time you see him, he's in the bear suit, right? Well, he was at dinner. He was he was at dinner after he had the worst sex ever. And then, oh right, yeah, that's right. He couldn't, he couldn't is, talk her and she or move. Is, no, she is she is the May Queen sitting at the head of the table, and he's like at at dinner. Uh huh. And then he, and he's having like a really bad trip because when she was dancing, they drugged him again. Okay. They gave him the extra tea, uh, okay. the super specialty, and he and so he was like having the really bad trip, and then he ran into the chicken coop. And so then, so the kind of the finale is um, they all gather together. Christian is put into Wheelchair. no wait no that's that's not yet he's not in the bear suit yet so they no. they put him up and they basically describe all right everyone uh now is the part where we make the nine sacrifices 
and here's here's the tally of where we are with those sacrifices and they're like all right so we got the we got the english couple um two. got two and then we got um the two americans four and so now we need we got two two swedish volunteers um we got oh the two de- the two the who two, committed suicide the two old people who committed suicide the two suicide. old people who yeah, committed so suicide so there were two there were two swedish there were two cult members that volunteered Mm-hmm. And then there was the two extra old people that had already committed suicide. Uh huh. So then we need one more. Yeah, I need w- one more, and uh, you have to decide between. Danny has to decide. Danny has to decide between the the Swedish volunteer or, or no 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 they, it's the uh, sacrificial bingo. Yes, they they, they have these. <laughs> no sacrificial Powerball. Yeah, right. Sac- sacrificial Powerball. They have this uh, lottery where, with the bingo ball that comes out and has Sven's name on it or whatever. Good news, Sven. And uh, he's he's brought up, and then I guess Christian's name was called in there. Well, or did they just say like no? They're like no, you're, you're you self volunteered. So then it's Choose up to your boyfriend or this other guy yeah, who you don't know. It's up to the May Queen to decide who dies, and apparently she chooses Christian. <laughs> Which honestly. In my mind, I thought I thought there might still be hope for him. There might still be hope for yeah. Christian. Like there was still a tiny part of me going, "Oh, please, just just don't pick him." Just and he's he is completely incapacitated at this point. He can't talk or move, and he's just looking at her. And I thought, just don't pick him. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I mean, because really, you expect her not to pick christian i mean you know it's kind of a hard decision because she just watched him you know committing infidelity and you know he's not a nice person Generally. but also he doesn't deserve this yeah no one deserves right. to die but, but wouldn't you pick the swedish person but it's revealed that no she picks christian <laughs> dude she she's fully bought in she is yeah. in the cult yeah, yeah and she's yeah. like in the it's just a great visual. She's basically like a pyramid of flowers at this point. And then the the ritual takes place. Christian is sewed up into a bear skin, like they just skinned and and uh a grizzly took bear. Out, disemboweled. Disemboweled a grizzly bear and he's put in there. And the way that they the way that they did that where you're introduced to this room and there's this old guy who is teaching Show, teaching showing these, little kids teaching taxidermy. these little kids how to properly disassemble a bear and this bear is flayed open on the table face up and uh and you and they're like, entrails. You gotta, yeah you gotta cut here so you don't cut the entrails and this that and the next thing it's and a then, teaching moment yeah it's a teaching moment that everybody is like totally cool with and they're like all right get him up <laughs> and you see all these people grab christian and put him next to the bear that's open cavity yeah. and you're like oh oh my god oh no oh, oh wow no. and they're just so nonchalant about it like yep, yeah. it's tuesday <laughs> So they they set him up in this. We haven't talked about like the sacred temple, but there's this one super bright yellow building that's like an A-frame. What's that for? That oh, no you'll one see. no one can go into. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> but then they set up all of the sacrificial people, and all the all the old people or all the people that have disappeared show up again, like, and they're all pretty much scarecrows yeah. at this point. Yep. So Mark is like stuffed. His his skin is like a scarecrow stuffed with hay um and he has, and they, a, they he has all, a clown hat on jester yeah. hat yeah. and they each have their own like weird really cool 
like pose and set up like there's a guy with like a branch going through his throat yeah, oh they've, yeah they've got a theme each one of them is themed um to be some part of this pagan ritual yeah right? and to i think represent something yeah there's nine of them and i think it represents that's why i was asking the, the, the number of emotions because i'm pretty sure it lines up with the number of emotions like the, each of them represents this rep- a certain like mm. emotional state mm. this guy represents the branch emotion you know <laughs> And, and, you ever feel like a branch? <laughs> you ever feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind, just like Katy Perry? Um, <laughs> yeah, that should be that would be great if there was just one guy covered with a plastic bag. <laughs> Anyways, um, so then Christian is like the centerpiece of this, in the middle of the room, dressed in the Barrett suit, and then the finale is they just burn it all in a huge pyre and a bunch of people are burned alive a bunch of per- people are Three, burned yeah, alive and burned like even alive. even like the swedish people that volunteered and they're very calmly accepting their <laughs> and they give them like drugs they're like okay, you won't feel this lick, lick this little bit of honey and it'll it'll make it so you don't feel a thing and then the flames start coming on they're like <laughs> so not super effective and- <laughs> to be the second guy there, because they're because the two Swedish guys are looking at each other, and one's like, "It's not gonna hurt," and he's the one that like unloads. And to be the second guy that hasn't been hit with the oh, fire yet, shit. oh god damn it, they lied. I chose the wrong cult on yeah. on cult choosing day. When you're going with painkillers, don't go organic. <laughs> Fucking give me that good shit. Go go full on. Yeah, what they pharmaceutical? What they give them? They give them um. Uh, that uh, Pepper, peppermint or something. No, no, they gave them that stuff uh, that that people used to kill each other with. Um, it's that tree that has a name. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hemlock? A hemlock, yes. Oh, yeah. They gave them some hemlock. Um, okay, so no, wait, it wasn't because it wasn't, the way that it is. Yeah, <laughs> was it hemlock or it was? I don't know. Wait, anyway, it sounds, was hemlock. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, so basically, this this ritual is. They talk about it as the sacrifice for reciprocity or something like that. And it basically, it seems like it functions the same way as the Jewish ancient tradition of a scapegoat, where you put all the sins of Mm. the people on a goat, you send it off. And in this case, you put all the sins of the people on nine people, and then you burn them up. Um, And so it's a beautiful, like, I can't stress enough how beautiful this movie is, but especially this sequence, it just looks amazing and really cool. And then it goes back. That's one of those shots that you can't fuck up. Right. (laughs) Because you can only do this once. (laughs) And then only burn nine people alive one time. Which was part of my problem with the ritual in general, because if, if they don't, if they do it every 90 years, I get it. But in the back of my mind, I was going, if they do this every year, that's such a waste of wood and resources. They're taking all this time to build this temple. This coming then, from a guy who is an arborist. And then burn it down. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, it's that's it's a lot thinking. of effort. Yeah, you mu- no, you must be a lot of fun at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, what are you doing? You spent all this time. <laughs> Couldn't we just make a smaller fire? <laughs> um so and then the last shot of the you know, whole I, movie. You know, I'm warm enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty good temperature. Um, the last shot of the whole movie is a close up on Danny's face, and 
there's just the subtle smile. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. It's so great. you're yeah, it's like it's okay, very, she's she's with it now. Yeah, it's very like you you said it after the movie. The takeaway for you was that it was cathartic. Yeah, the whole movie was cathartic. It was it was like um it was satisfying in a weird sort of way like uh I don't know. It, it, like it just very strangely you go, oh, okay. now I see why people join cults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels like uh, it. It feels good to do terrible things it's, inside this cult, <laughs> right? It's so it's so idyllic, and you're you are forgiven uh, right. for all the horrible things that you do when you do them. Yeah, <laughs> like while you're doing them, it's okay, right? Because this is how we do things. Yeah, there's you know, there's a lot to be said about you know cult rituals that absolve you the society from all sin like that must feel really good yeah must I, be very comforting i get it like now like after watching this movie i i really i feel like really i really want to join a cult i feel like not only do i kind of want to join a cult but i feel like i understand how it happens to people and the sense that of of it being okay like no you know because what you get what you hear um, you know, on the news is right. they joined a cult and it's like, and then they, and then they all drank a bunch of Kool-Aid and died. And it's like, wow, how did things go from zero to 60 right there? But that a description of they joined a cult and then they died is, is zero to 60. And the reality of cults is it's a, it's a, a slow buy-in it's process. A, it's a, it's a transition from white to black and the amount of gray in between is there's miles of it. Can you find that clip? Where Hank Hill is talking to the cult members and he goes, hey, are you guys the cult? No, we're a membership of, of like-minded individuals who all believe, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I found them. I found, we found the cult. <laughs> so, yeah, final recommendations. Who would like this movie? There's going to be people that don't like this movie. Oh, Caitlin would uh, hate this movie. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people who would find this very upsetting, unnerving, or or... And more than that, the the real enemy of this movie is people who want a horror movie. Right. I was going to say that, like, you could definitely make a case about, like, is this really a horror movie? Because it's so, it's a lot more subtle than than most. Yes. So for, like, horror purists that really want to see, like, This is not gore and, scares. There yeah. are not quote-unquote right. scares. It is a tremendously unsettling thing. Right. But it is not scary in a going to make you jump sense. Yeah, but in the same tone, you can't say it's a th psychological thriller because it's not thrills, but it's a psychological mindfuck. I don't know what, it's what it is. It's a totally different. Like, I really I this is as hard to categorize. This is why the category of indie film exists yeah. quote unquote indie film which means fucking nothing yeah. except th some this. some this is this is uncategorizable in a, in a lot of interviews they describe it as a breakup film like, <laughs> yeah right the, the genre well, of a breakup film there's you could say it's a drama you could say it's a black comedy like yeah. you you can you can label well, this even, with lots of things isn't that what Astor said he said it was a it was a he thought about it as a breakup film or, right. or a relationship, something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I think I would recommend it if you really loved Hereditary, like this, you can appreciate 
the quality of this film. Like if you if you didn't like Hereditary and you thought it was too slow or just not didn't deliver whatever you wanted from it, then maybe turn away. But I think this would also appeal to people that aren't horror fans. Oh, that, yeah. That yeah. don't want to go see scary movies. This is a really intense ride that's uh, got a lot more in it than just There's tons scares. to unpack. I think one one of the things I I said it earlier about uh, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law is... Well, it kind of confused me because Scott, he... He generally he loves movies. He loves to go. He loves to think about that kind of stuff. But he was like, "Oh, Hereditary was awful and boring." And I thought well, he likes to think about all of it. But I know Mitch. He like does, he wants this is what it is. This is what I'm going to see, and this is the story I get. Mm-hmm. And so it's like he wants a package. He wants it. Yep, yeah, he wants a package wrapped up. Everything's and uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to. Like, Scott was the one that, that blew me away on, on he didn't like Hereditary, and I thought, I would have sworn that he would have liked it. But this is the, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, no, you're going there for an experience. Yes. And you, you are going there to to try something new, and you may not like it, but you have to at least look at it for all of the things that it does do, even if you're just going for sound or music or cinematography or color. Like, it does all of those things so amazingly well. That yeah. you can you can look past uh, maybe the story and just visualize you know see the visualizations. Yeah, you know, you said an important thing. Like my takeaway for like who should go see this, who would like this, is you said experience. This is not a quote unquote movie. You know, this is not a typical movie at all. This is much more of an experience. The same way a book is an experience where it's. It takes you someplace. It makes you feel a way. And, and so if that's something you enjoy, if that sensation of, of being manipulated to feel a certain way, if that's enjoyable to you, this movie will do that. I think the weirdest thing about it is, like, you take a normal horror movie, like, uh, I don't know, Friday the 13th or something like that. Sure. <clears throat> and it's, you know, an, a completely unrealistic premise you can't at all put yourself in that position but in this you can at least at some point in history look back and go this very well could have just this most likely almost certainly happened yeah and so it's that it's that that thing where you're looking at it and you're going oh this is this is way closer to human uh you know reality yeah reality way closer to humanity than than anything else yeah all right, so go see it, definitely. I mean, this is one of the highest scored films that we've reviewed. It's so unique. It it needs to be seen. It's and crazy. We need, we need more movies like this. Yeah. Less movies like The Curse of La Llorona, in my opinion. <laughs> so, Man. So um, let's move on to taglines. Okay, taglines is a bit where we come up with the alternate taglines for the movie we are reviewing. Um, I, can, I, 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 in no time flat, I came up with four 
stunners in my opinion. Yeah, I've got I've got three that I'm pretty proud of. I didn't I didn't come up with a lot, but I'm sure I could have come up with a long list of them. So no pressure, Garrett. No pressure. I know you haven't done this before, but we, you have a very high bar set in front of you right now. So let's let's just go around the room until we're done with it. If there's ones that you don't feel great about, you can leave them out because there's three of us. You can we'll you can, but it's it's part sometimes of, it's better. It's better. Share. It's good if it's good if you get that that total miss because people like. To I'm not cringe. worried about it. Okay. Um, okay. Why don't you go first, David? Go. We'll go, David Garrett. Me. Okay. Midsummer. It isn't a cult. It's a community with a really aggressive HOA. <laughs> like, you know, you just got to keep things really, really exactly in order. the way it is. Okay. Do that. Uh, Midsummer. When the murder-suicide of her family is the least traumatic event of the year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Was, wow. That one is Coming good. out strong. Oh, Jarrett. Damn. Damn. Okay. Midsummer, it gives you wings. Oh, Ooh. that is that is a good one. Yeah, those those lung wings Ugh. were boy, man. And, the most brutal thing I can possibly imagine being I, kept alive with your lungs outside your body. I was doing the Wikipedia on it this morning to to catch up on what it, you know mm-hmm. what the movie, and it was highlighted the blood eagle or something like that. And I went Bwah. and I clicked on it, <laughs> and it and I real oh wow that was a real thing that yeah. people did. Ugh. Yeah, what, creative, right? Just, just speaks to the ingenuity of the Vikings. Just imagine Vikings just looking at a broken body on the shore of England or something. They're like, just like you scratching know, their beards. Like, you know what we hmm. can do with that? I, oh, I wonder. Look, you can still see his lungs moving through his broken ribs and his back. Hey, you guys want to? You guys want to <laughs> hold my beer? <laughs> <laughs> hold my stein. Um, okay, uh, Midsummer. Weaponized white people. <laughs> can I can I say that I appreciate so much that they didn't do the cheap joke with Josh going like looking oh, side eye. Right, white people. Am I right? For real, man. Uh. It, the, the, the color was not brought up at all, despite him being the only. Well, no, there was the the, the, the they they were English of, people. The English people were uh, Indian, of, maybe of Indian descent, I believe. Yeah. Um, but but it would no color was ever brought up despite it being a totally very 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 white thing right but boy this felt like a super white people movie <laughs> right like like shit white people do yeah uh because white people twitter white people twitter big time <laughs> okay. because it's like oh jesus christ cults and like like an old lady pushing your butt <laughs> while, while you're having sex with her granddaughter or with something. her granddaughter uh-huh. or something yeah. like that it's just very white very alabama that we own that we own the uh-huh. that yeah is it my turn yeah midsummer how efficient can your cult be with 16 hours of daylight? <laughs> you uh, Midsummer, the scariest Swedish entanglement since Ikea. <laughs> Midsummer, this is the worst Airbnb in the entire world. <laughs> like, like, like you have to make your own bed. <laughs> you like sleep that. in a room with 45 other people Jeez. and a and then, screaming child. And the then, whole time. It's then kind they, of more of a hostel. Then they skin you. Yeah, I guess it is more of a hostile situation, huh? Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, are you going to midsummer? Uh, are you going to a midsummer carnival? You don't want to win this teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! 
wow, uh, you're really good. Can you write for us? <laughs> yeah, can you just do mine from now on? Mine haven't been landing. Midsummer. It's all just a bad trip. True. Mm. It was a really bad trip. The whole whole trip. Midsummer. Can someone shut that baby up? <laughs> can someone shut that baby up, please? If I were sleeping in that room, I would be livid. I'd be like, how is no one addressing this? How has nobody strangled that baby up? Right. Uh, okay, class. I need you to write an essay on what you did this summer. <laughs> <laughs> well... All right, I'm tapped out. Do you got any more? I got no more. Okay, so that was taglines. Let's go into the Rotten Tomatoes game. Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes. You guys cut that out. Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes. Bingo. Okay, there we go. Do you we guys did cut it. The other ones out. Uh, um, yeah, if you. <laughs> we cut the other ones out probably because we just heard that song three times in a row. Okay. <laughs> So the Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes, we I give you, so this is a special version of the game since we actually have two players that can compete against each other, yeah, and I'll be maybe. the game master. So I'm going to give you a movie, and the theme today is Bright or Pagan Movies, mm. Bright or Pagan Horror Movies, and uh, you have to guess the critic score on... Rotten Tomatoes. Critics are always more difficult on the movies than the audience, right? It, de- it's, it, it depends, it really. It depends. It's the tomato meter score. Right. So it's uh, the way Rotten Tomatoes works is it's not how good the movie it is. It's if... The sentiment. If the sentiment is good versus bad. So if someone yeah. like says, like, yeah, it's a 6 out of 10 movie, that's a good sentiment. And, then, and if it's worse than 50%, it's a bad sentiment. And then they average those out. So if... It just basically says eighty. If it's an eighty percent Rotten Tomato score, eighty percent of critics kind of liked it more than average. Right. It's a meta score of yeah. scores. Mm. So it's kind of kind of weird game. So I'll give you the movie. You give me your guess for the Rotten Tomato score, and then I'll keep track. And the winner will be the closest to zero. I'm going to keep a running tally of how close you are. Okay. To to the Rotten Tomato score, like golf. Like golf, but you can go over. Right, you can go over and under whoever's closest. Okay, enough explaining. The closest to Midsummer that keeps getting mentioned is The Wicker Man. Yes, we're gonna go with 1973, the original Wicker Man. Boy, so I have to guess what I think the Wicker Man. Why don't you both write down your guess so we'll keep it honest. David cheats over here as a okay. dirty screen peeker. I'm I'm not a you're a screen peeker. Okay, I have mine. Uh Okay. Okay, David go. So, my thought process on this is uh I haven't seen it and I'm guessing. Okay. Sounds I, good. 83. Okay. All right, my guess because I haven't heard about it until today. Okay. It is a 62. All right. So the actual Rotten Tomato score is 88. Damn, son. David is very close. Only five away. So now the next one is The Wicker Man. 
2006 oh, the, Nicolas Cage the, remake. The Nicolas Cage make. Which brought us this glorious clip. What, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> ah! Oh, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! Bees? <laughs> I'm narrating my own death. Ah! <laughs> okay. Take it right down to your guess for the Wicker Man 2006 remake. Okay, I got it. Got it. Okay. David? I'm saying 66. Wow, you're being really generous. Mm. I say 21. Oh, okay. Garrett has the uh, better guess here. It's 15%. Oh, rotten. Ooh, I 15%. Really, I really fucked myself over pretty hard on that <laughs> one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, next one. This, this movie... Uh, happened mostly in the daylight. Tremors from 1990. Ooh, classic. That's uh, one of my f- very favorites. Best movies. Um, okay, I have mine. But we're going on critic score. Yeah. Mm. So this is a hard one because it's kind of... Was it really appreciated as Right. It's got the Baconator. It's got the Baconator. Okay, so my score is... Hold on. Right at, Hold on. I'm thinking. Think I'm thinking. Okay. My score is 84. I'm going with a 77. Okay, so... Tremors is 85. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. David, one off. Damn, I'm pretty good. Okay, next is The Village. M. Night Shyamalamanama. Shyamalama Ding Dong. 2004. This is one... That I was on my mission when it came out, and I was not exposed to any of the marketing. So when I saw it, I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, I loved this. Yeah. Uh, this is still one of my fa- very favorites. Yes. Yeah. So I got a uh, eighty-seven. I'm going with an eighty-two. Wow, you guys are both way off. Forty-four percent. Wow, really? Yeah. Um, people do not like that movie. I don't know why. That, I, I feel was... like that was his last good one, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, it I was thought good. it was really well executed. Okay, uh, next up, the another idyllic horror movie, The Stepford Wives. This one from two thousand four, the remake with Nicole Kidman yep. and uh, the guy that Somebody ran else. over people with their with his car, Matthew yeah. Broderick. Yeah, people forget. I got it. You Me got too. Yeah, uh, okay. I got forty three. I'm taking a big leap here. I'm going seventeen. Twenty six. Is the actual score. I was much closer. Oh, wait. What did you say, Garrett? I said 17, 1 7. Okay. I wrote down the wrong one. Okay. Um, we have a clear leader, but I'm not going to say who it is. Maybe you can. Are there more? We can pull it. Yeah, there's two more. I have to poop so bad. Oh, my God, David. I'm sorry. Okay, two more. The Stepford Wives from 1975, the original. Hmm. I had to be reviewed well mm-hmm. uh, it, for it to be uh, remade, so I'm going to go 77. I said 56. Actual score, 69. <laughs> <laughs> <The> sex number. <laughs> That's when you blow each other. <laughs> okay. Last one. David is squirming. Um, so I'll prolong it. As long as possible. I'm going to prolapse here in a second. Uh, 
is a movie that we've reviewed on Horror Movie Talk, The Ritual, from oh. 2017. I have mine. I got good. I, I, I'm good. I'm going 81. I'm going 65. Actual score, 73%. Wow, that's pretty close to both of us. All right, so let's see who had the best scores. Closest to zero. I really am sorry about having to go poop. It, uh, it, it's not my choice. It's, uh, I drank some alcohol last night, and I haven't, I haven't drank in like a month. So really, really affecting my bowels. That'll happen. My old poo, poo shoot. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't think I don't think I like drinking anymore. No, I can't. I I did two weekends in a row now after not. It's just on for like a year and a half. It just leaves me in an unpleasant fog. <clears throat> it's so nice while it's happening, but man, the the, the repercussions last so long. What do we got, Bryce? All right. Who do you think won? I think I pulled it out with that one uh, with that one close one. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Garrett won, but I uh, I'm gonna hold out hope and say me. The winner is drumroll. Garrett. Wow. I, I had With one where only, I was one off. Only 20 points away from the from the sum. Damn. And uh, David I run this is shit. 121 points away <laughs> from zero. That one really fucked yeah, me over very badly. Um, anyways, okay, so let's do... It came from social media. Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. <coughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? So, it came from social media. Okay. Is, a, is a bit where we... It's not really a bit. It's just where we talk about people who've reached out to us or brought up things or interesting stuff that's happened to us on social media. And uh, this week, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we so we did meet the cult during the during the movie, and they were kind enough to let us, to send us the pictures of their cult, and uh, which you're not allowed to take pictures in a cult, so it's impressive that they. That they did that, um, and we sure do appreciate it. And and we got a picture too with them, right? Yeah, yeah, we got a picture too with them. So, um, uh, so thank you to to Brittany. She was the leader of the cult, the cult leader, as it were, or at least they're the person who uh, organized the event. Who organized the event? Uh, she says uh, they run a weekly cooking club here in. Portland, and they have seasonal weird food gatherings. Um, their Instagrams, if you want to check them out, uh, check out their food creations or their uh, their cult. The Instagram that you can go check out is at awkward asshole and <laughs> at cret two. That's K R E T, and then the number two. Um, and they seemed like a bunch of really nice people who know how to have fun. And, uh, and so thank you very much, Brittany and the rest of your cult. We really appreciate the promotional material. And then also I'd like to thank Mark, uh, who has been a longtime fan of the show and who I just, uh, appreciate him as a person because he's a cool guy and he's part of the cool guy club. 
Um, let's see here. Uh, what did he say to me on Facebook? Oh, yes. He said, this is, this is in remark to our last episode, Annabelle Comes Home. Bryce, during that episode, said, if there was one Annabelle that I wanted to be an R, it's this one. And he was saying that because there were pretty girls in it, and Bryce is a pervert. <laughs> and, um, and Mark commented on Facebook. He said, hello, idiot. Annabelle come Annabelle comes home is R. It's not PG thirteen, so you're wrong, and you need to redo your whole podcast. Oh man! So I should have said it. I wish it was X. Right. Okay. You're, Point taken. Boy, man, if uh, if Midsummer can't get an X, ain't nobody no, getting yeah, an X. Yeah, nothing can. What? Full how frontal is, how male is Annabelle nudity? comes home an R? Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing in there. Yeah, I don't know. There was like a stabbing. Do they do they say the f word more than like what twice? I don't think so. Mm, I don't know, but I I think I, th- I believe the original is also R as well. So in the Conjuring universe, at least two R hmm. movies exist. I believe. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, we have to redo this entire podcast, which is going to take forever. Oh man! So I'll be damned. So I'm thank sorry. you, thank you for pointing that out, Mark. Um, Bryce is not. He's he's you know. I mean you 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 can see what he is. So <laughs> um, another shout out. Uh, we got a new patron. Oh yeah, Taylor T. Um, got in right under the wire. Well, actually, you can get another one right now for the uh, horror movie talk founding member club. Yeah, member, member, and member, uh, member. and I just got some new postcards. Not postcards, but thank you cards. Featuring um, little baby animals uh-huh. like lambs and ducklings and and deer, Aww. and uh, and so I'll I'll be writing you a nice message. Uh, it, it's Taylor Taylor Taylor. I'll be Taylor. I'll be writing you a nice message uh, here shortly and sending you some stickers because that's what that's what we do for our patrons. Mm-hmm. Aside from getting all that sweet sweet afterpod content, and it also should be noted that Garrett. Is also a patron. He is one of the one of the earliest, the most important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you, Garrett. We appreciate you. And this is what we do for our patron. We let them come on the show, uh-huh. and uh, we don't actually do that very uh-huh. often, really. So Garrett's just my brother. So thanks to our patrons. Anything else on social media? I believe that's it. If I forgot anyone, um, I'm sorry, but we do appreciate our patrons more than the rest of uh, you. Slogs. Thank you to all our listeners for sticking around and listening to us talk for well over an hour about Midsummer. It was a great movie, man. But, I mean, we are the foremost experts on uh, scarosity and scary (laughs) no-nos. Scary no-nos. So, um, please, if you like us, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating. You don't even need to write anything. Just leave us a rating. We want those sweet, sweet stars. Um, You can say something nice like, these guys have the biggest dicks I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. If you want to support the show, you can do it a couple ways. Click through the buttons in the banner of the website on horrormovietalk.com. There's two options. You can click through on Amazon and just spend on Amazon like you would anyways. Or, you know, if you listen to us and mention a movie or you haven't seen the movie we were reviewing and it's on Amazon, you can rent it or buy it and we'll get a little, little taste of that money that you spend. It's substantial. It's not little, little. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to give us a much more direct route to your wallet, 
just become a patron on Patreon. Uh, the website is patreon.com at or slash horror movie talk. And that button is also in the banner. If you are a horror movie fan, <laughs> David's playing footsie with Garrett. Um, if you're a horror movie fan, check out shutter.com. Use HMT at checkout to get a 30 day free trial. Um, lots of cool streaming horror movies and horror exclusives there. And, uh, please reach out to us on, on, uh, social media. You will probably mention you on the show and, uh, talk to you because we're very needy needy people we have a ton of time on their hands yeah so that's that's our show for today go see midsummer and keep listening to us bye bye Bye. say goodbye garrett bye Fuck, not the woods. (laughs) Nothing good ever happens in the woods.